Welcome to Quantum Magazine Science Podcast. Each week, we bring you stories about developments in science and mathematics. This week, what can sonic black holes teach us about real ones? In 1972, William Unruh asked an audience to imagine a fish screaming while plunging over a waterfall. The water falls so fast in this imaginary scene that, at a certain point, it exceeds the speed of sound. After the fish passes this point, the water sweeps its screams downward faster than the sound waves can travel up. The fish can no longer be heard by its friends in the river above. Something similar happens when you fall into a black hole, Unruh explained to the audience. As you near one of these super dense objects, the fabric of space and time becomes more curved. According to Albert Einstein's general theory of relativity, this is equivalent to gravity becoming stronger. At a point of no return called the event horizon, the space-time curvature is so steep that signals can no longer climb to the outside world. Within the event horizon, even light can't escape the black hole's gravity, which makes black holes invisible. In the years after Unruh's talk, physicists discovered just how important black holes are. They are the places where the two pillars of modern physics, general relativity and quantum mechanics, meet and crumble in paradox. This makes them central to the quest for an all-encompassing theory of quantum gravity. And Unruh's acoustic analogy worked even better than he first thought. In 1981, he showed that black hole event horizons and sonic horizons, like the one in his waterfall, can be described by identical equations. Systems like the waterfall are now called sonic black holes. Unruh, a professor at the University of British Columbia, says, because of their amazing mathematical similarities, you get the feeling that if you understand one system, that will give you insight into the other. Researchers began analyzing the physics of sonic black holes for clues about actual black holes. Recently, they've started creating sonic black holes in the lab and coming up with sophisticated analog experiments. This past summer, Jeff Steinhauer of the Technion in Israel reported the ultimate discovery. He detected the sonic analog of Hawking radiation, a hypothetical black hole effect predicted by Stephen Hawking in 1974. Hawking predicted that black holes radiate heat and eventually evaporate completely. This idea prompted the information paradox, which asks what happens to information about all the stuff that falls into black holes. Hawking's calculation suggests that this information is lost, essentially leaking out of the universe when it enters a black hole. In that case, we have to abandon the framework of quantum mechanics because it treats information as the universe's fundamental and indestructible currency. But most physicists believe that information is preserved. If that's the case, then Hawking's prediction is wrong, and any theory of quantum gravity must reveal the flaw in his logic. Here's Raphael Busso, a theoretical physicist at UC Berkeley and a protege of Hawking's, speaking with reporter Natalie Walchover. The Hawking radiation is so important to us, it's mostly because of the information paradox, because it's not so much just the fact that black holes evaporate, but that they seem to convert themselves into uh, sort of a random state, mm-hmm. independently of what they were made from. And, and ultimately, I think that's been the biggest puzzle that's come out of, uh, of Hawking radiation, and it sort of has sharpened, I think, the challenge of what we need to confront to, to understand quantum gravity. 
Hawking's calculation is important, but it can't be tested directly. The radiation from actual black holes is too faint to detect. Jeff Steinhauer's measurement of the parallel effect in a sonic black hole brings up a long-standing question. Are sonic black holes true analogs of black holes? And do Steinhauer's findings indirectly confirm Hawking's calculation, proving that information is lost in black holes? Here's Daniel Faccio, a physicist at Harriot Watt University. I think everybody in the community is saying, wow, you know, great experiments. But I think a lot of people are saying, what do they mean? Some researchers do see indirect evidence for Hawking radiation in Steinhauer's experiment. In a paper published in October, Karim Tebu of the University of Bristol argued an analog black hole can be taken to stand in for an astrophysical black hole. Others see a red herring. Daniel Harlow, a theoretical physicist at Harvard, calls the experiment an amusing feat of engineering, but says it won't teach us anything about black holes. To know which interpretation is correct, we need to understand exactly what Hawking's calculations 42 years ago revealed about the universe. He showed that black holes aren't actually black. Random quantum jitter makes them glow. Everywhere in space-time, pairs of virtual particles are constantly arising and immediately destroying each other. Hawking realized that when a pair of virtual particles pops up straddling the horizon of a black hole, one virtual particle will get sucked in while its partner escapes. This prevents their mutual destruction. The escaped particle becomes real by stealing energy from the black hole's gravitational field. Meanwhile, the particle that gets sucked in acquires negative energy, lowering the energy of the black hole. The black hole blinks out of existence, one radiated particle at a time, ultimately leaving no trace. Hawking's calculation indicated that the radiation is thermal. It's made up of a featureless, random spread of energies. It contains no details about the collapsed star that formed the black hole, or anything else that might have fallen in. There's the paradox. According to quantum mechanics, the probabilities of all possible states of particles in the universe must evolve so that the universe's past states can, in principle, always be determined by rewinding from its present state. But if information is lost when a black hole evaporates into a featureless gas of Hawking radiation, then the universe's past can't be determined from the present. Quantum mechanics would break down. Or perhaps Hawking's prediction is wrong. To do his calculation, he assumed that space-time is smooth and continuous at the horizon of a black hole. That's how general relativity describes it. Physicists believe that this is an approximation. If you zoom in far enough on Einstein space-time continuum, a more fundamental quantum form of gravity emerges. Quantum gravity becomes important near a black hole's super-dense center, called the singularity. But Hawking assumed that he could gloss over short-distance physics when describing quantum fluctuations at the black hole's horizon. This is where gravity is relatively mild. According to general relativity, the slope of space-time is gentle enough at the horizon of a typical supermassive black hole that an astronaut floating past it wouldn't even notice. In 1981, Unruh discovered that Hawking's approximation scheme can also apply to fluids. Like space-time, fluids appear continuous on large scales even though deep down they're made of discrete atoms. Just as pairs of particles fluctuate in and out of space-time, Unruh showed that vibrations called phonons should surface throughout fluids. 
Phonons are the quantum units of sound. When pairs of phonons appear near the sonic horizon of a sonic black hole, they should get pulled apart and made permanent, producing the sonic analog of Hawking radiation. In August, Jeff Steinhauer reported this effect after toiling over his experiment for years, all day, every day. He created an exotic fluid called a Bose-Einstein condensate out of supercooled rubidium atoms. He then got it flowing and zapped the fluid partway along its flow path with a laser. That accelerated it into a supersonic speed and created a sonic horizon. Finally, he measured quantum entanglement between pairs of phonons on either side of this horizon, consistent with sonic Hawking radiation. Steinhauer's finding confirms that the fluid approximation works in the case of sonic black holes. The question is, how related are the approximations? If sonic black holes are a true analog of black holes, then Hawking's approximation is correct, and the event horizon is an uneventful place. That means information does indeed get destroyed in black holes, as Hawking's calculation suggests. The probabilistic rules of quantum mechanics must be replaced by a more fundamental framework. If Hawking's approximation is wrong, however, then sonic black holes are not good proxies for black holes. In that case, quantum gravity might somehow encode black hole histories in their radiation, preserving information as black holes evaporate. Unruh believes that Hawking's approximation is correct. In 2005, he and Ralph Schutzhold showed that Hawking radiation consistently came out as a robust theoretical prediction in both sonic black holes and actual black holes. This was the case no matter what theoretical assumptions they made about the details of the short-distance physics. The small-scale properties of space-time or fluids never affected the outcome of the calculation. This suggests that Hawking's approximation wasn't glossing over anything important. According to Unruh, this means quantum gravity's effects aren't capable of modifying Hawking radiation or rescuing information. In his opinion, Steinhauer's result adds to the evidence that thermal radiation is a really robust phenomenon and that information is lost. However, most quantum gravity researchers believe that information is preserved, including Stephen Hawking himself. He switched camps in the 2000s. From their perspective, an analog to Hawking radiation in sonic black holes says nothing at all about true black holes. This is because the two are categorically different. The fluid approximation is accurate in the case of sonic black holes, but space-time must not be approximately smooth at black hole event horizons. Somehow, quantum gravity modifies horizons. It must do so in an extreme way to get around the Unruh and Schutzhold argument about the robustness of Hawking radiation. And so we're still in this situation where we, where something big has to get. Raphael Busso again. But we still don't know exactly what to replace general relativity with at the horizon of a black hole. Some research suggests black holes might be empty shells that carry all their information on their horizons and project it outward to the rest of the universe, like holograms. In that case, falling into a black hole would be less like a fish plunging over a waterfall and more like a bug going splat on a window. For most experts, the comparison with sonic black holes only reinforces how strange black holes and the theory of quantum gravity must be. 
Daniel Harlow agrees. He sees sonic black holes not as black hole analogs, but more like computer simulations that are running the wrong equations. If you simulated the equations of quantum gravity, he says, he'd expect you to find the right answer. But right now, he said, nobody knows what those equations are. For more on this story, read Natalie Wolchover's full article, What Sonic Black Holes Say About Real Ones, on our website. I'm Karen Chikurji. If you like what you've heard, please take a minute to review this podcast in iTunes. For news, interviews, graphics, and more, visit quantummagazine.org.